The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. It's time for Caffeinated Comics, a lively discussion and debate on comics, film, television, and collectibles, all fueled by the magic of Frappuccinos. And now, here's your hosts... John and Steven. Thank you, it's Cabinet Comics. I'm your host, John Clark. With me, mostly always, is my co-host, Stephen Brown. And Howie Weingarten is here. Hi. <laughs> oh. I'm feeling enthusiastically here. You, you, that's the way Charlie Brown announces when he's pushed onto a stage. Hi. <laughs> and then he just stands there and then Snoopy, like, tries to make him dance. You know, well, if you see me like the, uh, the, 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 the uh, you know, Charlie Brown Christmas, everyone's like, we're doomed and Snoopy boos them. <laughs> <laughs> I tweeted, you know? uh, I tweeted years ago. I was like, this is the only holiday special where a character says, I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lordy, that's hysterical. Uh, that's why I love it. I have the, I had the, I bought on eBay the complete uh peanuts and hardcover and it's like Ooh. it's like 25 volumes because he drew it for charles schultz drew it for 50 years so each book is like two years and i've had it for five years and i'm like i'm never gonna read every peanuts yeah like what am it's i gonna ambitious. take like, this week i'm going to read three panels again and again and again <laughs> but i'm so proud of it every time i see it on the shelf i'm like i have every peanuts i have all of them and he's not making any more no no, he's, he's done. Yeah, you could watch his bipolar depression go up and down and up and down over the years. <laughs> you know, it's three months of Snoopy dressing as Joe Cool and fighting the Red Baron, and then three months of Charlie Brown saying he's going to kill himself, and Lucy telling him he should. <laughs> you know, that's yeah, what there's that's only so much is. that you need you at know? any given time. We needed 50 years, Stephen. That's what we needed. You know? Spread out over <laughs> many, many weeks. Yeah, you know, one, three panels a day. Yeah. Charles Schultz takes a, a dark turn when Charlie Brown goes to kick the football, misses it, and lands on a spike. <laughs> <laughs> That's three weeks of dailies. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Charlie Brown shifting a little bit and blood spurting out. Gruesome. <laughs> and then after six yeah. days, Lucy comes and sees his body and goes, you blockhead. <laughs> <laughs> Oh Lord, that was great. Oh well, this is the first podcast of 2021. We made it. We made it. The three of us have made it. Just us, nobody else. As for I don't know, maybe nobody else. We've all been trapped inside. (laughs) I'm assuming we all spent New Year's in a small building (laughs) with the lights and the windows, lights out and the windows closed. It's like that scene from Harry Potter where he's like, I'll be alone in my room pretending I don't exist, making no noise. <laughs> that's wow. also, that's yeah, also that was New Year's. That's also every Charlie Brown strip. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like what you did. <laughs> yeah, it was it, it was it was it was quiet, but we got we got through it. So far, nothing has happened. Yeah, so nothing, nothing we hated in 2020 has ended. And that was, yet. that was part of what people like, we're counting down 2020, 2021's coming, 2021's coming. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, the number doesn't change things. It's, it's people doing things that change things. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, also, it's like, uh, let's be honest, the, the fucking every year has been shit since 2016. Yeah. There should be, there's no reason to think 2021 will be any different. We, yeah. Well, although 2016, we got the president we have now in 2021, <laughs> a different president. So I'm, and we have a vaccine. So there are things on the horizon. There's light at the end of the tunnel. Yes. Of course, it could be an oncoming train, but that's besides right, the point. Yeah. But that just means the trains are running on time. That's right. <laughs> you know what? I see trains all the time with nobody in them. Yeah. <laughs> like, Empty trains just moving air around. Used to take the train every day. Now I go to the grocery store and watch a train with nobody in it go by. Choo choo. But God damn it, it goes by. It's, it's, it goes. Yeah. So 20, uh, 2020 ended in its relative 2020 way. The big news now, um, I'm kind of glad, usually around this time we go, oh, let's talk about the last year. No, let's not talk about the last year. Um, let's not talk about it ever again. But ever again. Uh, the the thing we got was on Christmas, the, the Christmas present we got was there were two movies that were supposed to be in theaters and the studios went, here, you can have them on streaming. And uh, Pixar put out Soul, which I watched and it was, I thought it was great. It was a return to classic Pixar. I haven't liked a Pixar movie this much since Inside Out. Uh, I thought it was wonderful and no one's talking about that. Even though everyone in the world has Disney Plus, because all your motherfuckers watched The Last Mandalorian. So, yeah, sure did. <laughs> so all your motherfuckers watched Soul and went, this was good. And then HBO Max put out Wonder Woman 84 and ain't nobody happy about Wonder Woman 84. Well, I thought the reviews were like kind of, aren't they like kind of split? Aren't people saying that they loved it and other people are saying they hated it? I haven't seen anybody say they loved it. I saw people saying, ah, it's okay. It's pretty good. And then there are people that just hate it. And that's one of the reasons Howie is on because I called Howie to say Happy New Year. And he went and he, I said, hello, Howie, how are you? And you went, Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, you know what? Why don't we just talk about that on the podcast? You know, it's funny. Today there was actually a promo on for HBO Max, and they're like, and on HBO Max, it's uh Wonder Woman 1984. Actually, no, it wasn't HBO Max, it was just a promo for the movie. Yeah. And they're like, it's a power punch action. It's like, yeah, it's a power punch to the nuts. Action. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And it's, you know? it's in it's in theaters, which I keep forgetting there are theaters. Yeah, I don't there forget are there are theaters. I just it's weird to think that people would be like, "I'm gonna go see a movie." It's it's the right time. And I don't know where I was driving past. Uh, I was driving down Western Avenue today, and I went past the Regal, which the Regal um, Beagle. Yes, the Regal Beagle. So, and nobody's in there because uh, they're all just in the apartment quarantining, except uh, Larry. Yep. Oh, Mr. Um, yeah, but but it's a huge, huge theater right by the highway. And it's like one of those where <laughs> before I lived in Chicago, I drive by and I'd be like, I would love to see a movie in that theater because it has like a big IMAX sign and it looks gigantic and it's in the middle of the city. And the thing has been dark for so long that the re I, I swore today, the regal icon, which is this like crown is starting mm -hmm. to just like it's starting to tip as if the Joker was planning something in there. <laughs> like, like he's got all his henchmen in the abandoned movie theater so he can attack Gotham City. Mm. I don't know who's showing Wonder Woman 84, but it's not Regal, which is one of the biggest chains there is. 
Yeah, the Regal by us is, is it's close. It's done. It's it's gone. It's AMC gone, gone. is hanging on back. By, yeah, it's never coming back. And uh, AMC is uh, hanging on by a thread. It's funny. I went on my AMC app the other day. The last time I've been to a movie was we went to go see Parasite, February 1st, 2020. You know uh, what? I, I was just watching uh, Death to 2020 on Netflix, which is pretty Yeah, good. I watched that too. Yeah, it's Char- pretty funny. That. Charlie Booker, who created Black Mirror, did it. It's pretty funny, but it's not really funny because, like, it's the darkest guy in the world writing a comedy. <laughs> so, like, all the jokes are like, and then there was death. Ha ha. <laughs> but, like, there's, there's some great people in it. Leslie Jones is really funny in it. Hugh Grant is hilarious in it. Kamal Nagiani's in it. Um, but they were mentioning the beginning of the year, and they said Parasite won. And I was like, dude, that was two years ago. That was 2018, right? Nope, this year. Nope. That yeah. was this year. Yeah. yeah the last was a long goddamn year. Yeah. The last movie I saw in the theater was Birds of Prey. And wow. I didn't think Birds wow. of Prey came out this year. Mm. Yeah. 1917 wow. was the last movie I saw on the 21st of January. Yeah. And the sad thing is you thought that came out in 1917. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Felt like it. That's how long this year has been. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, uh, so yeah, it's out there, but everybody it's on HBO max for the next month. And that's where everybody's watching it. But this is, uh, I'm surprised by how polarizing this movie is. As you're saying, Stephen, there's people that love it. I have yet to meet anybody that loves it, but there are people that are, it just made them mad. So Howie. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think of the first Wonder Woman? Loved it. Great movie. Really? Really? Like the first Wonder Woman. Oh God. I mean, I mean, really, it was, I mean, I haven't seen it in probably about a year and a half, two years. I think I've seen it twice, but there was, just, it was just, there was, there was something to it. There was something where I was watching it. I'm like, wow, DC actually made a good superhero movie, not named Batman. Yeah. And, um, and I was just like, wow. I mean, they, they, this should, this should have some legs to it. Well, yeah, it's got the legs, but <laughs> yeah, 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 and those but, legs uh, ran right into Justice League, unfortunately. Yeah, the funny thing is, is that like out of curiosity, last night I'm sitting with my wife, and I said, "I said I gotta see what this movie got on Rotten Tomatoes." Rotten Tomatoes, it was a 61 from the critics and a 74 from the audience, and I'm like, I've asked 12 people about this movie, and nobody's liked it. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's surprising. I wonder, I thought it was like fine. I thought the story was kind of weak, but then over the days, I've just been hearing more and more people are more and more angry. And I think my feeling is that it had it come out in the summer, it would have come out probably three weeks after Black Widow. And I think we all would have left saying, you know, Black Widow was better and kind of moved on. But the fact right. is, it was held six months. The anticipation just built. And then it was it's the only big superhero movie to come out, honestly, since Birds of Prey. Uh, that I think there was all this pressure on it. And the first one is really good. I think there was pressure on it to be huge. And it was like, eh. And I think just the disappointment of it not being great is mm-hmm. like, is sending people crazy. Steven, how did you feel? I mean, um, I agree. I love that first Wonder Woman movie. I really thought they did a good job. I think I still think that third act is a bit of a mess with 
the guy from Harry Potter with that like ridiculous mustache. Oh, by the way, like the God of War or whatever. Not to cut you off, but I was literally just listening to Patty Jenkins, the director of both Wonder Woman's yeah. on uh, WTF on Mark Maron's podcast. And um, as I'm listening to her, I'm like, she's really smart. She knows what she's doing. She's been trying to get Wonder Woman made since 2004 when they offered it to her. She was pregnant. And she said, I can't do it. So they let Joss Whedon try it. Um, but once she finally made it, she's like, this is what we need to do. And she said that third act, um, the reason it looked so wonky was that she was going back and forth with the studio on whether or not he should be like all super powered up. And she didn't want him to be. And then at the last minute, Warner Brothers was like, no, make him Aries, put the armor on him. So the reason that those effects look so janky, they're all last minute. Oh, wow. Well, it's more of that the fact hmm. that they fought over she wanted him to look like the actor and they wanted him to look like Ares, the God of War from like, I don't know, George Perez's like comic run. And they settled on neither because yes. they put that guy's face on Ares, God of War. And it just looked ridiculous. He, he, looked like like, Mag- he looked like Magneto with a mustache. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like, I get he was supposed to be like a guy of the time and mustaches were popular, but it's like, if he transformed into Ares, he should have ditched the mustache. It's like, it's just such a weird thing to include. Well, it was, like, um, it was like the Red Hulk. Yes, it's the same thing with like Red Hulk. Of like, yeah, how he did? You know, do you know about the Red Hulk? I do not know about this Red Hulk of which you speak. Uh, about ten, about ten years ago, they it's probably like fifteen years ago now, Jeff. Is it that long ago? Yeah, yeah, I think um, so. They introduced another Hulk who wasn't Bruce Banner, and he was red. And then it was a, a mystery in the comic for like two years, like who is the Red Hulk? Who like who when he powers down, who is he? And nobody knew who he was. And then they finally revealed spoilers for 15 year old combo character. They finally revealed that it was General Thunderbolt Ross, like, OK, like tested gamma okay. on himself and turned into the Red Hulk. And then everybody's like, but the Red Hulk doesn't have a mustache. Right. It would have been a dead giveaway if he did. And Thunderbolt Ross right. was running around in the comics for the two years. The Red Hulk was with a fucking mustache. Yeah, he didn't shave his mustache off. He did. So it's like, it, and they were, I don't know what their reasoning was. It was like the fibers shrink back into his skin or something. Like his, his lip muscles grow over his hair. Yeah. Or it's like the Hulk burns it off or something, but leaves his hair. It was stupid. It, whoever the Red Hulk was supposed to be, it wasn't supposed to be fucking Thunderbolt Ross. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> There's precedent for you lose your mustache when you turn into a super. Yeah. That's just, it should just be known, you know? Well, honestly, if he had a mustache, he could, he would either be Thunderbolt Ross or change Jonah Jameson. Yeah. One of the two, which I would have been fine with. Hulk need pictures of Spider-Man. You know, smashing the day. Did they ever have the red Hulk and green Hulk in the same? Yeah. Yeah, They fought each other. Yeah. They fought each other. He beat like everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was one of those runs that like it started off great and then it didn't know where to end. Oh, it was okay. terrible. I, I hated everything. Like about most it. like most comics, that first issue is like, oh man, this is gonna well, be so and cool. Jeff Loeb wrote it, so it's Jeff like Loeb no offense it. or whatever, but like Jeff Loeb has just been writing garbage for fifteen years. You know right. what I mean? It's like, what's the last thing that guy wrote that anybody liked? Long you know, Hush. <laughs> yeah, it's like that was so long. Nineteen ninety eight. Yeah. Oh, yeah unbelievable. Um, but uh, speaking of bad writing, Wonder Woman 84, I have just so many problems with, I think it's like, I, I did like, um, 
I do like her as Wonder Woman. I think she does a really good job as Wonder Woman. Yeah. I like that girl that played Cheetah. I thought she did a great job. Uh, yeah, and that's Kristen uh, Wiig, who's, you know, from right. Saturday Night Live, Bridesmaids. This is like her first role in a big action movie. A big movie, yeah. And I thought she did a great job, too. And what's-his-name is um, Maxwell Lord. I'm not really sure what he was doing, but it wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. It was okay. No, but it's I, like everything I mean, I had a around problem. it was... I Terrible. like I like Pedro Pascal as Maxwell Lord, but I'm a big Maxwell Lord fan from the 80s Justice League comics, and it yeah. wasn't that. Yeah, and I they can change stuff, you know. It's okay that it was different, I guess. It was just like so much else around the movie was terrible. It's like the action would be okay for like five minutes, and then the next five minutes they just get complete. It, Wonder Woman's tricky. For some reason, it seems she's falling into the same category that they have with like the Fantastic Four. They don't know what to do with their powers, so they just make them silly. So it's like they're all the jokes about Johnny's human flame powers and the thing. They make a bunch of jokes about that. Mr. Fantastic, what ridiculous, goofy, dumb shit can we get them to do to stretch? Instead of just doing what they do in the comics to use their powers. And like Wonder Woman does this and this where they just let her fucking fly. I don't know why they... They can't just let Wonder Woman fly. She finally does in this movie, but then she's like lassoing lightning. Like, what the fuck is that? Like, I can't I think believe it was, well, that's they, a real thing that they were like, no, nah, this, this looks good. <laughs> Let's go forward with this fucking idea. Well, Wonder Woman flying is really confusing because I think it's, I think it was mm -hmm. uh, George Perez added it. Is that when that happened? Because I, I, I've always known Wonder Woman to fly, so it must have been post crisis. Yeah, it's got to be post-crisis because everybody remembers that Wonder Woman has an invisible jet. Yeah. yeah. And she can have both. You know, the Flash, I'm sure, has a car, you know? Oh, no, the Flash like, doesn't have a car. Yeah, he does. He's got to get no. to work somehow, inconspicuously. He runs <laughs> and then he, like, just comes from around the building and says, How's hey, he do I got here shopping, on time. John? The Flash has a car, I promise you. Flash does not have a car. How does Wonder Flash Woman have a car? Can fly? And have an invisible jet. The things are not mutually no, exclusive. I don't know. I, I think they are mutually exclusive because one of her powers, quote unquote, is like, you know, that's like saying Tony Stark can fly and he has armor that can fly. No, nah, that's you not You either have the like weapon that. thing or you have the power thing. Uh, you can have and both. I, I think they changed Wonder Woman to fly just because they realized the invisible jet was hilarious because in the Super Friends, you would just see like a sitting Wonder Woman flying around. Yeah. Well, so she'd like, be flying, but she'd be obviously a sitting position. Right. Well, it's silly. But because she was like, invisible. You have to animate something, right? So that's what they decided. That's it. You know, yeah, but they just like, kind of drew a plane in white It's supposed to be complete stealth. She's stealth. The plane's stealth. It doesn't make any sound. No, but you could see her in the invisible jet. In, oh, and then in this movie. In this movie, they do both. And how? Where is she all flying. of a sudden? Get the, the the this we've never talked about this power before, but all of a sudden Wonder Woman can make things invisible. She's only ever made one item invisible, like an apple or whatever she said, and then she, she turns a fucking jet invisible. That's the origin of the invisible jet, which is convoluted and stupid. Um, uh, yep. It's just it was insane. And here's the other thing: Steve Trevor flies a fucking f-16 in this movie the last plane he flew was a plane in world war one how the fuck does this guy fly a jet and why is there a fueled up jet ready for takeoff sitting at the fucking smithsonian i just i didn't understand this fucking movie you know what this movie just came down for one thing for me great actors terrible plot 
Yeah, absolutely. It just, that. It just you know, it was just like ugh. the whole like wishing thing is insane. That yeah, is that, so that was stupid. Everything was about us. this movie was crazy, but that was the craziest fucking thing in this movie. And I don't like... know where that was. And Patty Jenkins, it, this movie was written by Patty Jenkins and Jeff Johns. When I saw that credit in the beginning, I'm like, we're going to be fine. Uh, yeah. And uh, it was so bizarre. Um, the wishing thing, I was like, okay, there's a lot of magic in Wonder Woman. I guess we're leaning towards the magic because, you know, it's certainly this certainly wouldn't work for Green Lantern or Flash. Like, I guess... But then the rules were really, really wonky. But what brought it home was a video that Howie sent me the next day, which was from what movie, Howie? Oh, I sent you a video. Oh, God. What, what video did I send you? That was Wishmaster 2. Wishmaster 2. Yes. Please explain this. Wishmaster 2, a classic film. I say film, not even a movie. Yeah, it's a film. It's art. Cinematic genius. From the 1980s, I believe, about a guy who can, you know, grant wishes. Of course, every wish that he grants comes with some sort of, you know, you know, uh, uh, price. price. What do you call it? Price. Yeah, thanks. So, <laughs> so the thing is, is that, um, you know, <laughs> basically, Wonder Woman almost was ripping off Wishmaster. That's basically the, the <laughs> takeaway that I got from it. You know, I mean, it like, sounds what? exactly like the plot of this fucking movie. It was like the plot of, but Howie sent me this clip of like these guys are in a prison. Yes. And turn around and this guy's just there and he goes, I am the wishmaster. What is your wish? And the guy's like, uh, I want my lawyer to go fuck himself. Yeah. And then and then they cut to the next scene. And the guy like meets with his lawyer and the lawyer goes, hey, I think we can get you off with this new habeas corpus. Ooh! And then his legs just kind of swing back from behind his head. And obviously he's fucking himself. Yeah, and I still can't quite biologically figure out how. And then the, the prisoner who, who said, I wish my lawyer would go fuck himself, stands up and just starts yelling, starts yelling but what about my case, man? That's the plot of Wonder Woman 84. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Oh, and here's another thing. Correct me if I'm mistaken about any of this. So she wishes for Steve Trevor to come back. And instead of him just like appearing somewhere in the world, he inhabits the body of a guy only a couple blocks away. Yeah. But everyone sees that guy as that guy is. But Except Diana her. sees yeah. Steve right. Trevor. And then she sleeps with that guy. Damn right. And then the guy, they decide, like, we have to unwish for our wish. So he just goes back. So does that guy have children? Does he have a family? Does he have a job he was missing from for how many days? It's like the Nobody philosophical gives, implications of, I, like, what the fuck that was all about. Nobody gives a shit about that D, guy. She got some D. It's nope. weird. And here's the thing. It's like, it could have been very simple. He could have just appeared. That's, that wishing stone was making crazy shit happen. It made an entire wall magically appear around the country of Egypt. Yeah, it didn't take a wall no. from China and move it to Egypt. Right. It, it just created a wall out of nowhere. A hundred fucking thousand mile wall, <laughs> hundreds of feet high, did, uh, dozens of feet deep, uh, miraculously appeared. And Steve Trevor has to only come back in the body of some random fucking dude. It's like, what the hell was going on in this movie? That no, that nobody notices. And you see the guy, like they go to his apartment and they go through his clothes. And yeah. the movie, there's spoilers for this movie, but the movie doesn't make sense. So don't worry about it. But like at the end, like she meets the guy. 
and she doesn't like tell him anything. She doesn't. She's not like, oh, I'm Diana. She's like, oh, nice to meet you. Or let me take you out for coffee. She's just like, oh, I like your scarf. And then leaves him there. And I'm like, why? And she had sex with that guy. Yeah. With somebody else's consciousness in his mind. Yeah, you know what? That's the work of a supervillain. How many stories have we seen where the supervillain inhabits the body of a hero and they're like, we have to get him out. Right. Like Dr. Doom takes over Reed Richards' body and the entire story is get him out of Reed Richards' body. That's horrifying. Right. There, one of the greatest Spider-Man stories ever is Dr. Octopus's brain in Peter Parker's body. Right. It's just the philosophical implications of what happened just in that sequence is fucking crazy. Yeah, it, w- it was yeah. just overlooked like it would have been in the 80s. Yeah. Oh, so then there's this one opportunity I thought they were going for at the end of the movie. I thought they were actually going to do this thing that would have been awesome. There's this great comic. Uh, it kind of gets forgotten because DC's just a shit show of rebooting itself constantly. But they did a story where Maxwell Lord turned out to be like a real piece of shit and he murders the Blue Beetle. And then he takes over Superman's mind. In the comics, Maxwell Lord didn't have the power to grant wishes. He had the power to mind control people. And yeah, he did so this a little bit a, back in the 80s. He wasn't on a Professor X level. Right. He but was he could like, like he was slowly, he was manipulative. Yes. And in, so, the, and in the comics. In, that would have looked uh, better. It was. And back in the Just League International days, post-crisis, um, which I still think is the best Justice League ever. Uh, he, he, better even than Grant Morrison, in my opinion. Um, Maxwell Lord founds the Justice League. Maxwell Lord is like, I'm a successful businessman. We don't have a Justice League. I'll pay for it. I'll pay for all of the bases. I'll pay for all the equipment. You guys got to be a Justice League. And then you find out later that he's been manipulating everybody. Right. Because like he has a ability like, that he kept yeah, like like on slow, the down low. Like slowly shifting Batman to be like, I need to be in the Justice League. And right. He makes like Huntress join because he wanted more people on the team. Like yeah, she Captain needed to join. Yeah. Right. So he just, he's kind of manipulating. So anyway, you flash forward like 20 years and he's been trying to take over Superman for decades. He's been putting his power to use, trying to influence Superman. And then he finally gets him and he turns him loose against the world. And Wonder Woman goes to stop him. And it's called, I think it's called Superman Sacrifice is a story, but it's like this huge, incredible fight they did with Wonder Woman where she basically figures out how to beat Superman. It's like, they always do how to Batman going to beat everybody. This was like, how does Wonder Woman beat Superman? They did an incredible job of this. I don't know who wrote this. I'll try to find it and post it later. Um, but at the end of that series, she confronts Maxwell Lord. She's already beat Superman. And she's like, you need to release Superman or I'm going to kill you. And he says, I will never release Superman. I will control him for the rest of his life. And she's like, you swear you're not going to release this guy. He says, never, ever. It's not happening. And she just breaks his neck on like live television. I don't know why there were cameras around. And I thought that's what they were going to do in this movie where it's like, he's fucking the entire world over with this dream power and the satellite nonsense third act from hell. (laughs) And I thought, oh my God, they're going to do it. She can't stop him. She's going to have to kill him. And the ramifications of that are going to be immense. Everyone's going to see this super powered character murder this guy on live television. And they didn't do it. They, they like, it's like this movie could have been awesome. And instead of it, they just like routinely shit the bed. It's like, yeah, it's I, kind of shocking. Well, that was weird. I, I, it was weird because the rules were really inconsistent on like, on the wishing thing. First of all, Maxwell Lord gets this wishing stone. 
Um, which which I'm on board with. Okay, there's a wishing stone out there. Sure, it's been yeah, around no for problem. history. Cheetah, uh, Kirsten Wig finds it, and then Maxwell Lord manipulates himself into getting it. But the first thing he goes, my wish is to suck up the stone and for me to be a stone. Where do you make that leap? Not my right. wish is I wish I w- I had more powers. It's like I wish I was a stone. It's like that is a wish that could easily very go wrong. That could go horribly wrong. He literally very- says that, right? He literally yeah. says, "I want to be I a, wish a, I was a wishing stone." stone. Yeah. yeah, it's like and, they, and that should have been the end of the movie. <laughs> and then and then so he has the power to grant wishes. But then he's got this thing. He's like, well, the price is that you have to give me everything. And that's inconsistent because some people are like, well, I don't want to. But, oh, fuck. And then other people just go right into a trance and they're like, here, take all my money. Yeah. And, and it's like, well, wait, does he control other people to do it or have they agreed to do it? Well, it's like he has to touch other people and they have to wish for a thing and then he can decide what he takes from them, right? And how does he know that? How does he know what? When he becomes a stone, he's like, oh, here's all the rules to it. Yeah, he must. This is like, this would be like if in Gremlins, people just said, oh yeah, don't get him wet. If like Billy said, don't feed him after midnight. Billy had to have other people tell him, this is a mogwai. Right. Don't feed him after midnight. And he's like, oh, okay, I won't. And then, you know, hijinks and Sue. This would have been like if Billy's like, hey, who fed this Mogwai after midnight? Yeah, I, I was just the, it's, it's a ridiculous mechanic and it opens up like a world of problems that it's like, um, you, he, he was broadcasting himself to the whole planet and somehow the rule about not having to touch him to make the wish didn't matter anymore. Yeah, because he, just... he had to touch people, but then he's like, oh, I can broadcast everybody? Is That, that counts as touching And that people. counts, I guess. But then he says just like he's granting, I mean, millions of wishes, right? Right. And if, you're, if millions of people all over the world are wishing for millions of different things, how many of those people are wishing for world peace or the world to end or... Do you know what I mean? Any yeah. number of things that would instantly, instantly end the entire world. Unless he was, unless he was denying some wishes because he was saying <sighs> your wish is granted, your wish is granted. Well, you filtering them. The one, the only, the only thing I, I liked about it came out of something I hated about it was that the ending, the way they wrap this up, he just goes, Oh, everybody renounce your wishes. And then he's like, she lassos him. So he has to tell the truth and he's like, I renounce my wish. And then he gives up all his power. Um, that turn comes out of nowhere because we don't see him regret anything. But the one thing I appreciated was that like he renounces his wish and he goes and finds his son. And I was thinking, okay, that's what a female director does. Cause Zack Snyder would have, there would have been a light coming out of his face up to the sky and he would have exploded. Yeah. Well, the thing with the son too is ridiculous because it's like, that kid was like hiding at his office and then running around in DC when like the world was going crazy. And then he was on like an Island at like a military base that he flew in like a helicopter there. How did he get back to DC? It's like, who he was walking along the highway. Oh my God. Apparently his mother is worse than his father. Oh Jesus. That wasn't a wishing stone, man. That was a kidney stone. Yeah. (laughs) That movie was a kidney stone. Holy Jesus. I've seen this movie and I'm listening to you guys very just intently. And I'm just like, I've seen this and I'm like, I can't believe an adult wrote this. Yeah. And you yeah. know, and talented people. Cause honestly, I'm very talented. Howie, here's the thing. The guy who wrote the wonder woman story where she murders Maxwell Lord, 
that he just explained in the comic was yeah. written by one of the screenwriters of this movie. That was oh, a, Jeff Johns wrote. That, that was a Jeff Johns story, and he got a yeah. screenwriting credit in this. And here's the thing: it's like did the first movie, so it's this, not like some piece of shit came in and ruined right. it. And also, Wonder what you, Woman, the first Wonder Woman was a hit, but so felt like they left her alone for this one. It's like you got the formula from the first one. It it really is, you know. That's what I don't understand. Is like the first movie. She was is great. Steve Trevor is great too. I like that actor. Yeah, I, like I love the Chris, Chris Pine. Yeah, yeah, he's entertaining. Chris Pine is a good actor. Very good. I, right. I love him as Captain Kirk, and it, yeah, I, he's I great as Kirk. It looks like he'll never do it again. But those were three good movies. Yeah, um, but in the first movie, she meets that guy. They spend like a what a month together, maybe two months if you're generous. A year, which it wasn't, but even if it was a year, <laughs> he dies, and then like. Seven, seven, seventy years pass. Right, she's been alone for seventy years, and she's like sitting alone at like a table. It's like her entire world revolves around some dude she met for a week in like nineteen seventeen or nineteen eighteen because he's from World War One, not World War Two. And it's now like I just can't Twilight. imagine. I just can't imagine this broad is just like. And this was written by a woman. A woman wrote a movie in which a woman's entire existence is predicated on a relationship she had with a man 70 years ago. It's but like, you know what? We're, we're fucking break. We're three dudes and we all admitted we love Chris Pine. Give us a month with him. Yeah, I just, there's <laughs> like a huge problem with bringing that guy back. It's like, I don't know why they did it. And I saw it in the trailer and I said, this is very confusing that this guy's brought well, back. I, I don't know. They're going to explain it. Well, that's another thing. I don't know why they set this in the 80s. But other yeah, I, uh, I I don't know why. I mean, it's like, is it nostalgia? They were like, let's try to make it nostalgia. I thought it was like Thor Ragnarok, where it was like, do the crazy colors. And like Guardians of the Galaxy like Marvel does these like crazy color movies. Yeah, but Thor Ragnarok was set like present day. It was just wacky. Yeah. And, you know, and it was amazing. But I, I didn't get And in fact, uh, Patty Jenkins said on Mark Maron's podcast how much he loves Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, so Pet Jenkins, she did Thor Dark World, right? She was going to. And oh, she, she did. She it. talks about this on the podcast where she quit. And uh, she said that basically this, she knew the script wasn't good. And let's all be honest, it wasn't Thor Dark World. It was, was better the, than fucking Wonder Woman 84, I'll tell you that much. I know. But <laughs> Thor, Dark, sure. Thor Dark World is still the worst Marvel movie. Yeah, I'd, I'd put Iron Man 3 down there. I really didn't like Iron nah, Man 3. No, there's a lot I like about Iron Man 3. Thor Dark World, like, by the hour mark, you're like, what the fuck's going on and when is this going to end? <laughs> Iron Man 3 is just nuts. Yeah, but, they're both not great. But she said, like, th- she quit because that's what that was the script they were using, and she's like, I don't think the story's going to work. And she said on that podcast, because Mark because Mark Maron's like, wait, wait, is that what the one Taika Waititi did? And she's like, no, he did the next one, and that one's a work of genius. So yeah. she really loves that movie, but I didn't feel like she was trying to do that. And like, just, it was a very like the trailer, but it was a very mundane, sedated eighties, you know? It, yeah. It wasn't as like, I thought the movie was going to be like visually a lot more like, I thought they were really going to lean into the eighties and do a lot more colors and graphics and right. I like, hope so. And the most I like, thought was like her flying with the invisible jet and like a fire. And, oh, and they're like, we're, we're flying the invisible jet. It just happens to be the 4th of July. It's like, I forgot. It's like, 
this movie was just like stupid layered on top of stupid layered on top of stupid. It was set in the 80s and the most we saw was an empty office. Right. Oh, and like Gordon Gecko or what's his name? Uh, um, Pedro Pascal. Pedro Pascal was supposed <laughs> to be kind of like a Gordon Gecko, Donald Trump type character. You know yeah, what I mean? It's I guess. Like big in the 80s. Yeah, maybe, probably. With power suits and stuff. Yeah, the but he was also did, a failure uh, at that. Right. The guys like that did um, Justice yeah. League International, John, the writers, they did, um, they were on Word Balloon podcast for like, I think the Buffalo Comic Con mm. was like digital this year. Yep. Yeah. Yeah like an hour talking with John Suntress about like the creation of Maxwell Lord. And they were talking about the whole series and stuff. Um, and they said uh, that their inspiration for Maxwell Lord, he was a cross between Donald Trump and Bill Murray. They said they huh. wanted a guy like Donald Trump, who's like a grifter and like a con man, but like a, a quote unquote businessman, but they wanted to make him like likable, like Bill Murray. So it's like, that's how they got to this Mag Maxwell Lord character. Yeah. That's well, okay. And that's also the thing about Trump and uh, that boggles my mind because we're living at the end of it. It's like everybody knew who this fucker was in the 80s. Right. Yeah. It's like that's I'll never understand people. I would love to interview people back in like 2010 and ask them, like, do you think Donald Trump would be a good president and see how many people voted for him would have said yes that long right. ago? You know, it's like no one. This guy was like a fucking, you know. <laughs> Yeah, uh, reality TV that, so. asshole, you know? This would be like electing a Kardashian to be president, you know? It's like, why the fuck oh, would you, anyone please, ever no, think to do that? No. Yeah, I, you know, like, uh, please, ben, and, no. ben and I will watch a lot of old sitcoms, and, like, we'll be watching, like, a Saturday Night Live from the 80s or an Everybody Loves Raymond, and they'll and they'll be making fun of Donald Trump, and he's always shocked, like, wait, this, this, this is from 20 years ago. I was like, yeah, everybody can do this already. Yeah, so, this guy's been made fun of his whole life. You so know? making making Maxwell Lord that tight doesn't really make it an '80s thing. Yeah, it doesn't. And you know, uh, somebody pointed yeah. out there was you know for an '80s movie there was not a great soundtrack. Right, oh, that's yeah, kind of the other thing good. that was missing. Right, it was like what what other reason? That's like the biggest reason to set a movie in the '80s now is for like uh, playing up the music, the soundtrack. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean 1984. Well, yeah, like Stranger Things. Yeah. Right. Stranger Things. Right. Stranger exactly. Things is all about the music. Yeah. 1984 is like, that's still Thriller is still the biggest album. We Are the World is about to happen. Uh, Prince. Yeah. P Purple no, Rain is that ben year. Helen. You're absolutely right out. Madonna. Madonna. Um, Culture Club. Boy, George is still huge. You know, um, Wham is right about to happen. That it's the perfect blend of like pop, they did this already. pop music. Captain Wait, Marvel did this. Homer. Right, well, Captain, Marvel, Captain Marvel no. did this in the nineties. In the nineties, all it was grunge, the big nineties yeah. hits. That's what I'm saying. But they yeah. had, they hit all the big songs and stuff that you'd expect them to hit. It's like this movie just did none of that. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like it's the more I talk about it, the more shocking I become by it. It's like it's kind of ridiculous that they made this fucking movie. Yeah, it's just a we. It's so weird decision because it almost it almost seems like desperation as we said oh they're trying to copy a little bit of captain marvel a little bit of ragnarok mm -hmm. but this is not a movie that should come from desperation the first movie was a hit this yeah. character came back take your time yeah she they and there rogue was one there was well rogue one they took away from the original director and yeah. reshot the ending <laughs> this but, is very very bad yeah very 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 bad but and they fought with her for the for the opening scene. Patty Jenkins said that um, the opening scene with Robin Wright and Connie Nielsen when she's a girl, and uh, and training in like the Olympics. Warner Brothers wanted to cut that, and I'm like, 
And it's like, why? That's the biggest the action scene, scene they the have. Movie. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the the only other action scene I can think of is in the middle of it when she's fighting with the truck, when she's doing like the Indiana Jones thing with the truck and she's losing her powers and she almost can't do it. That's in the middle of the movie. There's no major action scene after that. Well, she fights Cheetah at the end, but you don't really see much, you know, (laughs) that happens in darkness. Yeah, well, you know, at the Uh. end, she convinces Maxwell Lord. There's no fight. Right. Well, the big fight's right is with Cheetah. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I was watching the movie, and other than that opening sequence at like the mall where she stops those like terrible robbers or whatever they were, yeah, it's like it's another like it's like an hour before she's Wonder Woman again. It's kind of crazy so how true. long. Yeah, you spend a long time. I remember checking the time run of the movie because they were setting all this stuff up. I'm like, dude, when was the this fucking girl? Is like you didn't even know that you were watching like a Wonder Woman movie anymore, you know? <laughs> Yeah, That's they took just, a lot. Oh my God, you're so right. Because it, it reminded me of, um, oh God, what is it? It was, I think, the last Godzilla movie. It was just like, hmm, I'd like this movie if there's some more Godzilla. Right, yeah. <laughs> you got to check your movie ticket to make sure you're in the right fucking movie. Where's the monster? <laughs> you know? This, this Godzilla could I use Godzilla character. in it. You know? <laughs> more reptile, please. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, it. It's 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 so odd. And they spend like most of that first hour building up Kristen Wiig's character. And I'm like, wow, we're really building up Cheetah. We're really building up Cheetah. And then she just becomes the henchman. And that, that yeah. last scene, the last fight scene they have, which isn't that huge. It feels like a buildup to the next big fight scene, but we don't get one. Like she's totally CG'd out. You can't recognize Kristen Wiig at all. And she's just like, I'm a cheetah now because apparently she made a second wish. But one of the rules was you can only make one wish. But she made a wish right. on she stone, two, not I on guess. Maxwell Lord. I guess she got a stone yeah. wish and a Maxwell Lord wish. Was- <laughs> you've lost me. You've yeah. seen yes. the movie and you've lost me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how she turned into the cheetah. Well, like, she asked to be an apex is. predator and this is what they decided. Yeah. It's like, she I- would have been I, an apex technical. Yeah, yeah. She would have been better in Predator too. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> With Gary Busey. Ooh. It's like uh, it's like she is kind of a goofy villain. I I get she's like her big arch nemesis, but it's like Cat Lady is just not gonna work really well. I don't think. Well, um, she's she's Catwoman with superpowers. But but yeah. who does she have? That's the problem. They kind of did Ares. So now they've done Cheetah. Maxwell Lord, as we've said, is not a Wonder Woman character. He's a yeah. Justice League character that they pulled over. She doesn't like have a deep Cersei, bench. She's got Cersei and Giganta. It's like Giganta would have been a cool visual to have her fight. Yeah. But it's, again, not your big mastermind. Right. And Giganta is like everybody would have said, well, we've seen this with Ant-Man. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Yep. It's yep. it's yep. tricky. That's what I'm saying. It's like Wonder Woman's a hard character to get right. But we saw it in the first movie. We saw it happen. So yeah. I was just kind of like, oh they'll figure it out and it's the same team so they'll figure it out and well, I, I just can't believe how far they missed the mark by it's like this is like I mean the Suicide Squad was better than this you know no, <laughs> wow. yeah, no. yeah it was oh. no go watch you know what For to punish you for saying that you have to go watch Suicide Squad again I had to happily watch that again go. before I watch fucking go this now again. I'll talk to Howie for the rest of the show get out of here <laughs> This movie was bad. I don't want to hear from you. I want to hear the opening theme of Suicide Squad on the <laughs> podcast now and you munching popcorn. That's you know what, what I need. The theme is. <laughs> exactly. Uh, no, I, 
I would say this falls somewhere in the middle, but DC so scattershot that, you know, it's like, I, we, we had such an upswing. Like Shazam is fantastic. I really enjoy Birds of Prey and I've seen it a few times. And I think like it, the only problem with it is not Birds of Prey. It's a Harley Quinn movie, but we all want to see a Harley Quinn movie and it's one that's done well. This is like, this was supposed to be the big one. No. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. They've got that Batman movie coming out with Matt Reeves is doing a Batman movie. Yeah, what else keep, is coming keep, out? Batman keeps getting shut down for COVID. They've shut yeah. it down twice already. So I don't know how far they are with it. But that's it's like there's no other big movie coming out from DC. And it's like, OK, so Joker was a hit. Aquaman was kind of a mixed bag. This was, it was a turd. A hit, yeah. Justice League was a turd. Superman was a turd. It's like Batman versus Superman was a turd. It's like, what are these guys doing, man? Well, that, but Shazam was great. Aquaman, yeah. Aquaman was a big hit. And it was very. I sad. liked Aquaman. It was it's entertaining, crazy. and it's like that's the yeah. thing. It's like it can be crazy. That's fine. Aquaman was a mess of a movie, but it was at least entertaining. Was this fun. was just like you're just like I was just like astonished that they were making the decisions they were making in this movie. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know where they go from here. Well, and they announced uh, Warner Brothers announced this week. They were like. Oh yeah, here's the new Warner Brothers plan. We're gonna do whatever the fuck we want, basically, because they were like, "Oh, the Robert Pattinson Batman's not gonna connect to uh, anything else, and we'll have a, a different Batman for a different thing, and the TV shows are gonna be their own thing." And I'm like, "That's what you've been doing, right? That's nothing new. You've been doing that since you made Man of Steel during Smallville, right? Like that's." Basically, what you're saying is you throw shit at the wall and you see what sticks. See what sticks. Yep. But this movie, they said, has, has made over $100 million in the theaters that are actually open. And it must be doing very well on streaming because they've already greenlit the third one with Patty Jenkins. Yeah. And I, they should make another I'm not surprised. You know, I'm not it's surprised. like, let her try again, I guess, and hopefully get whoever had all the bad ideas out of the fucking room. Well, so, sometimes you know? the middle one in the trilogy is the stinker. Yeah, sure is with this one. Yeah, I think that uh, you know you you uh, you know you get a you you do the first movie, and it, and it's an extremely successful good movie, you know everyone likes it. The second one, meh, it's it's a stink burger, but uh, the first one gives them a license of at least two more. Now, yeah. if there's another stink burger come out, That's then that'll it, be yeah. the end of the Wonder Woman trilogy. You know what you're describing, Howie? What's that? Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, first one's great. The second one's second a one stink burger. Third one's great. And, and the th Dream uh, Dream Warriors. Yeah, Dream Warriors is fantastic. Great movie. Yeah, maybe the great, best. Great movie. Maybe Could the be. best. It actually better than Freddy versus Jason. That's for sure. I kind of like Freddy versus Jason. <laughs> they're they're I like I was watching WWE. Better than Freddy's Dead. What was that? What was that? Better than Freddy's Dead. Oh, <laughs> oh, that one sucked. Yeah, or the reboot with Jackie Earl Haley. You know? All right, hands up, everyone who hates cable. Oh, yeah, fucking hate the cable. The I knew I remembered you. <laughs> the character or the yeah. content provider? Yeah. Both. <laughs> when I was in Chicago, you said, you got to go up and ask him uh, about something about, hey, you got the new cable book in. Just to see what look this <laughs> Yeah. He's a turd character. I was just like, wait a minute. I know Steve. Yeah, you guys just, you have been yeah, we've met, together. Yeah. Yeah. But then but then I was just like, wait a minute, there's something about Steve that I 
It's cable. He hates cable. Oh, yeah. And you know what? Cable's been in a movie and he was fucking awesome. He sure was. You know? They made Josh Brolin. Cable was cable. better than Wonder Woman 84. Yes. Uh, Deadpool 2. Is oh, yeah, better. definitely. You know? Yeah. And that's, yeah, there's God. still a lot of talk about Wonder Man was better than Wonder Woman 84. Deadpool 3 is being written. They're not saying how they're going to fit it in with Marvel, but they're writing a Deadpool. Oh, they should. Yeah, you, you can't give that up and you can't recast it. I think, no. I think no. it'll be 10 years before we see another Wolverine. But why is it that Marvel movies are like, are like eons better than DC? That's what the whole industry is trying to figure out. But really, it's I, yeah. Kevin Feige gets a lot of the credit because they're really tied into the comics in a way that other movies aren't. You know, when they change things, they're minor things. But, but yeah... You have to admit, when you watch a Marvel movie, those characters feel like the books. I think it's like the people making the movies seem like fans of the material. Yeah. And I think it's like, I don't know how true that is over at DC. I don't think Zack Snyder knows what the fuck he's talking about. No, but that's why they keep elevating Jeff Johns, but that doesn't seem to be turning the time. And I I don't know what to tell you. It's like, I don't think Jeff Johns is their Kevin Feige. I think they keep, keep going to this guy being like, come on, Jeff, you did all these great comics, but it's like, he he's done just as many bad comics as he's done good comics. It's like, he's kind of hit or miss and it's, I, he's not delivering either. They're not listening to him or he's not, uh, he's not delivering what people need from him. It's like Zack Snyder's not your guy. Christopher Nolan's not your guy. Jeff Johns is not your guy. Maybe Patty Jenkins is maybe she's the one that's supposed to be doing this. And this movie was just crammed full of other people's bad ideas, but this doesn't look good. You know, Well, it's like at least with the Marvel, it's like these people they they all seem to get and understand the characters. Marvel also got very lucky by getting John Favreau very early because, as we've seen now with Mandalorian, like John Favreau, basically every single Marvel movie is based on Iron Man because Hulk came out that same summer and nobody remembers it. I watched Hulk again not too long ago, and it doesn't even feel like a Marvel movie because Marvel was like, "What John Favreau did, we're doing that." And now right. John Favreau is doing that with Star Wars because now everything's now everybody loves Star Wars again because of Mandalorian. Nobody liked Rise of Skywalker. I haven't even seen that again. And I, 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 saw I, it once. I can't have, watch it again. Yeah, I don't know that I've seen it twice. I don't I think I tried watching it twice and somewhere around the hour mark. I forgot I was watching it. It's like yeah. it was one of those movies that you think is over and then you and then you hit the display and you're like, there's an hour left to this. Yeah. Yeah, and that's another movie. Is like I see uh, both of those last two Star Wars I saw them once in theaters and then never again. It's like it's the same thing. It's like the people making them. It's like it's it can't. It's that's all it's got to be. Is it's the you got the wrong people doing it. It's they're doing it for the wrong reasons. If you're not making it because you care about these characters and you wanna uh, add to the mythos and you know push them further and you know or adapt the story or whatever, it's like you're probably not the right person for the job. You know, it's like. Uh, John Favreau put a fucking toy in the Mandalorian because he, he played with that toy when he was a kid, you know, that's the guy you want running the ship, the right. guy that cares about this stuff. But you never, you, but you also never know it. When you go back to them, you never know if it's going to work. Cause you know what? JJ Abrams put everything into force awakens. Force awakens was great. And then he came back for rise of Skywalker. He had nothing. Joss Whedon made the first Avengers, but he also made the second Avengers. Right, you know, and now we're seeing that with Patty Jenkins. She made the first Wonder Woman. She made the second Wonder Woman. But that's what Just I'm saying. Just because somebody like, gets it all right, 
doesn't isn't a guarantee you, that they're the I person of the uh, audio commentary for the Avengers movies. And in the first one, Josh Sweden's like a regular person. He's happy and excited and, you know, all these ideas and everything. And the second one, it sounds like he's broken. He opens it by like sighing deeply <laughs> for the audio commentary, whatever. I think it's like they're not listening to these people. I think it's producers coming in or whoever coming in at Marvel and saying like, hey, you need to set up Thor 3 and you have to set up Thanos and you have to do all this crap. It's like they probably tried to put too much into that movie than there should have been. You know, maybe that's what happened here. Maybe Patty Jenkins has another great Wonder Woman movie in her and there were too many suits and I, producer I, I, chairs I don't think so. I think telling she, her what to do. I think she had a lot more freedom this time. So I'm really... I'm if she did, then she shouldn't do another one. <laughs> it's like, if this is her without any kind of like handler or any kind of like accounting a person she's accountable to, then she should not be making a third one. I, I really want to know more about the making of this movie because I feel like... Everything was set up for this to go right. This doesn't feel like this movie does not feel like studio interference the way the end of the first one does or, or age of Ultron for that matter, or Iron Man two for that matter. And I think, um, on Marvel, Marvel, they got better at that because, you know, Marvel used to get really heavy handed with the sequels and make people walk off, whether that's Kevin Feige or, uh, or, you know, Victoria Alonso or somebody else doing that. They seem to have smoothed that out where James Gunn is coming back to do a third guardians and a Christmas special. Right, they had those yeah. guys. The Russo's yeah, Peyton, did Peyton three Reed is movies. doing a third Ant Man. I think they smoothed that. And over. he's the guy that doing Spider Man is doing three Spider Mans, right? Uh the guy that the guy that is doing Spider Man now with Tom Holland will be doing Fantastic Four. Oh right, right. But he didn't he do all the other Spider Mans? Yeah, I mean those are Sony with uh, Marvel and right, Bob. but same idea, right? Is yeah. that it's like a guy who's there, the studio's trusting this guy, he comes back and he delivers sequel after sequel after sequel. But they yeah. used to run those guys off. I mean, John Favreau hasn't directed another Marvel movie since Iron Man 2, which isn't great, right? Yeah, and Josh Whedon left after the second in, time, yeah. John, John and John Favreau's been in a bunch of them, right? So it's not like he hates Marvel, but he'll show up and be happy Hogan, right? He just doesn't want to have to be responsible for it, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know, I don't know where this goes. Um, and to be perfectly frank, I was never the biggest Wonder Woman fan, so I can't say, you know what story it should be? You know what villain they need to use? Yeah. Like, I don't know why this went wrong. It definitely did, and I don't know why. As I said, If you listen to the Patty Jenkins interview with Mark Maron, she seems to have her finger on exactly why this works and and what makes it work, and she's done it. And I don't feel like somebody got in the way of that this time. So, so I don't know what, but people hate with this Mark Marin. Yeah, when did uh, she record the interview with Mark Marin? Like last week. Oh wow. Okay. I See, did. that's the thing I'm always curious about is like these people go and they do press and they talk about the movie, but she knows this movie's hot garbage, right? I, I mean, don't she know. has to. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you're talking just... about black and white. Like she might love it. She might be like, you guys don't understand it. How long has Zack Snyder been talking about how good his Justice League is? Now it's now that's the next thing DC is going to do is make it a fucking six episode series and have them remake the piece of garbage that had to be saved. Like, can't wait. People don't always get it just because well, also- just because we all agree doesn't mean that everyone agrees. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, it's funny because like like I after I saw the movie, watched it with Jen, and the thing is is that like she goes, love that first scene she goes but wow what a bad message they sent and i was like well well, what do you what do you mean she goes 
Okay, so the little girl's doing her thing. She gets thrown off the horse, right? And instead of just like, you know, just saying, oh, I'm done, I lost. She thinks outside the box, critically, comes up with a solution and basically puts herself in position to win the whole competition, even though, you know, she did not follow the rules per se. But because she didn't follow the rules, she's punished, you know? Yeah. And she, my wife thought like, wow, that's a really a very negative message to, to give that if you don't follow the rules per se, you know, you can be punished for it. As a guy, I didn't think that. And I was just like, wow. And never yeah, I guess thought about that. Like we're a bunch of dudes talking about this. I'd like to hear it's like, I mean, I assume women are I'm pretty upset with this movie as well. <laughs> you know, I just, I just like, even I think, I keep thinking of like the scene of Wonder Woman, like sitting alone at the restaurant, like, oh, I'm dining alone. It's like, really? Like you're still hung up on this dude. I just, I don't get it. <laughs> well, that's, 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 yeah. I mean, that's, that's such a, it seems to be like, I don't want to say archaic, but it just seems like such a notion that, as Wonder Woman, I mean, 70 years later, we're talking 70 real, you know, real time years later. It's just like, there's been no one to intrigue her or anything like that. She hasn't said, you know what? I'm going to start uh, dating. It's, it's the 80s. You know, I think I'm going to start dating again. No, I'm just like, But yeah, no, no, no. But what I'm saying is just like, it's almost as if Wonder Woman's happiness is dependent upon a man. And, Right, which is crazy. That's just crazy. No one's happiness is dependent on on really anyone. And by the way, it's not even her decision to give her up. Chris Pine is like, no, we all have you all have to renounce your wishes to save the world. So I'm gonna go. Like she doesn't really get a say. Right. (laughs) Crazy. I just I just can't believe this movie. It's like this seems like a movie written by a dude that was like, this is what chicks dig. (laughs) You know what I mean? It just seemed like really stupid. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, just this is a movie I'm gonna want to read more about. I'm gonna want to study this for a while, and because yeah. right now they're looking at it as a success, I want to know how how time will treat it. I, I'm fascinated with the underdog movies that end up becoming something, you know, um, like Justice League getting a Snyder cut. <laughs> no, or yeah, but something like Batman Returns I mentioned a lot. Batman Returns was seen as a massive mistake at the time and now it's kind of beloved yeah. um, oh, that was the, the first one right the second one with the penguin and the catwoman which you went to see with me oh that's right my god what were we probably what 19 19 yeah yeah, yeah we, i remember seeing that and we made fun of the army of of penguins who were uh yeah and now it's like in, now it's seen as such such a tim burtony movie now it's just <laughs> a weird little gem so you i know? I, I walked away from this movie going, huh? That that uh, I guess I was okay. It wasn't the worst DC movie I'd seen. That's why I yelled at Stephen for Suicide Squad, who shouldn't be on this podcast anymore because right now he's watching it. No, <laughs> Justice League exists. So does Batman vs Superman. And Batman vs so Superman, Superman is still the worst. Uh, Martha. Yeah, it's hard to say which one of the three is the worst, but Batman Superman is certainly up there with one of the worst superhero movies I've ever seen. Yeah, Batman vs Superman might be the worst. Although the George Clooney Batman and Robin is pretty bad. Yeah. Oh my God, 
I went with a with a with a buddy to go see a concert. Yeah, we were like you know, and uh, with a bunch of friends, and I, I stayed over at his place at PNC in Jersey. Holy shit, we got smashed. Came back home like yeah, let's get some fucking you know fast food and let's watch some 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 movies that we'll make fun of. Put on Batman and Robin. <laughs> Halfway through. Let's watch something else. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a movie so bad. You can't even enjoy it. Yeah. I remember the first time I saw that, I saw that with a friend of ours, Howie, you know, in the in the second run theater. Caveman with Ringo Starr was better. I miss Caveman. You know, <laughs> that's funny. I watched Help last night and I was watching the Beatles. And I'm like, yeah, they're all funny. Some of them can act. Some of them can't act. I'm like, Ringo is the best actor. That's probably why he was the one that made Caveman. You know, you know who didn't make caveman? Paul McCartney. <laughs> I'm a caveman. Where's the fire? <laughs> fire good. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think this is the worst, but yet there's something there's something broken in the center of this movie, and I want to know what broke it. What caveman or Wonder Woman? Wonder Woman. Caveman was. It's already busted. Caveman was never a good idea. You, you know. You had to get a drummer to play the lead role. That's how bad Caveman was. That's not a good place to start from. This movie had everything <laughs> yeah. going for it. You know what I mean? This everything movie going. Yeah, they yeah, should have knocked this out of the park. This was a and the budget was phenomenal. Down. That opening scene, I was like, down. oh, that opening scene. I thought, oh my god, I forgot how much people used to spend on movies, because I was like, my first reaction was, wow, this is a huge production values for a streaming movie, and then I went. Yeah, this movie's not streaming. This movie right, went this was supposed to be out in theaters because yeah. of COVID. And I've been so used to like, here's the next Netflix movie. Here's the next Amazon Prime movie. Um, they're moderate, moderately broad. Yeah, Borat is a perfect example. They just ran around with cameras while COVID, COVID came down. And it was great. It was but, really good. Oh but like, God. this was big. Everything going into it was supposed to be top notch. And I going back to originally, I think the disappointment is what brought us down. But switching from that, let's just talk about good things. Greatest thing in the world. Howie, did you want to talk about Borat? You know what? No, I did actually want to ask one thing before we go to the greatest thing thing. Yeah. Was, um, and this is kind of like a TV question, was I had heard that King Kong or Kong versus Godzilla was going to go to HBO Max as well. But because Wonder Woman has been received pretty poorly, people might naturally assume that Kong versus Godzilla is a bad movie and might avoid it. So they might hold it back and put it in the theaters when things actually go back to normal. Well, I'm not sure, but I do know there's been a lot of pushback with Warner Brothers' decision to put everything on HBO Max. Like Christopher Nolan was pissed and a lot of uh, a lot of directors were pissed because they because it is seen like going to streaming is a step down from theatrical. Um, I think it is because going to the theater is an experience. Right. It's but an it's an experience, experience we don't have. But it's right a now. fun experience. And you miss it when you can't do it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Warner Bros. made that unilateral decision and there's a lot of controversy about it. So I think uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they start to roll that back because of this. Especially like it'd be, I mean, I miss going to the movies just as much as the next guy, but it's like, a movie like Godzilla, it's like, you'd want to see that on a huge screen. You know what I mean? Oh, it's like, yeah, totally. you know, I, w- I don't think I would have 
liked Wonder Woman 84 anymore had it been on the big screen. I think it's, you know, it, I've seen great movies in theaters. I've seen terrible movies in theaters. So I, I think it's like, yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame if a movie like Godzilla where, you know, you're going to see this like big showdown between these two beasts. It's like, it'd be nice to see it on a big screen. So, I mean, I think it'll be, they'll do both, right? It's like, they're not just going to stream all their movies if other theaters are open and they can get their movies in theaters. They'll put them in theaters again, if there's any theaters left, you know what I mean? It's like, who knows how long these fucking theater chains can hang on for. Well, we still don't know. We still don't know what we're going to be in in the next six months. Yeah, seriously. Um, but yeah, but switching to good things, I, I'll go first. My greatest thing in the world was I just got a goddamn air fryer. <laughs> My God. Yeah. Oh, it's so much fun. I got it today. And it was like one of those things where I was like, should I get it? Should I get it? Shouldn't I get it? Should I get it? And then I saw a good deal. And uh, Elliot got one. He's been posting about it. And right before, right before uh, the podcast, I made dinner and I put an Angus burger on the Foreman grill and I put seasoned waffle fries in the air fryer and I plugged it all in. And guys, I think I'm going to throw my stove out. That's it. Nice. It's so good. It's really good. Um, It's like a, I don't know. It's like a high pressure convection oven. Uh, I will say the fries came out crispier than they ever would have in the oven. And you can, you can get them now for like 50 bucks. It's crazy. What a world we live in. You know, this well, is yeah, we're just going to plug things. We're going to order food yeah. online. Just plug things in, plug start things your in, and walk away from it and eat them. Yeah. And then go back to work at your desk in the corner of your dining room. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> lovely, lovely picture. Steven, what do you got? Uh, so I just finished. I'm probably a little late to this because uh, I'm not like up on anything, but Cosmos uh, wrapped up their second season on um so they did i think 13 or 14 episodes um neil degrasse tyson came back the same crew as everyone before um, highly recommend it it was a very nice departure i basically checked out of politics after the election i'm like i did my part that's it it's over <laughs> so i was binging this in the last couple weeks of 2020 and it was just a nice way to just step back from the shit show this year has been and just look at like a bigger picture of like the universe what's that um, on so uh, I think that's it, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think they only have the second season. I think um, Disney Plus has the first season. Hmm. Um, it's all great. I highly recommend the show if you haven't seen it. Um, just really, really cool stuff. Um, they did a, a lot of flashbacks to like the World's Fair from like, you know, the 50s and earlier. And then they projected like, what would a World's Fair in like the future look like? This was kind of like their end episode. Um, and they just talked about like, if we brought back the World's Fair and we did it in 2050, what are some of the things we could look forward to? Uh, so it's just kind of nice to see that science fiction lean, uh, you know, with this is done by smart people. These are, you know, educated people or whatever. It's just a nice picture of the future if we get kind of get our shit together, you know, in the next uh, couple of years here. Yeah. Howie? You know, it's funny because we've done a lot of talking about uh, HBO Max and stuff like that. There's something that I found the other day. Oh, my God. If you go to the bottom of HBO Max, there's actually a link for Looney Tunes. And I was watching, like, all these Bugs Bunny cartoons from, like, you know, I don't know when the last time I've seen these. I mean, when's the last time Bugs Bunny's been on TV? Not Noggin or or, or, or Cable Network. I you mean, mean, the original ones. 
the yeah. original. I think Boomerang you know? is the only one that has them. I yeah. know. I know, you know? They, re- they rebooted every few years and some of them have been really good and some of them have been terrible. But the original ones, I think, are just Boomerang. The uh, So they had, like, I was watching the um, one with baseball, the wham, and the, you know, and the, uh, yeah. the, the what do you call it, the uh, Finster Baby, Gossamer. And I'm like, my God, is this like, I remember laughing at this when I was, you know, you know, what, six, seven years old. You know, I'm now over 50 and I'm like, this is still funny. You know, there's something about bugs that's just like, and there were just like, just some things about Looney Tunes. But I understand in today's world, you know, you just can't, uh, some things you can't uh, do that, that they did. And some things they did were wrong, of course. Yes, yes. But, uh, but just like Bugs and Elmer and Daffy, I was watching that the other day and I was just like, wow. You know, I've heard they've been adding down down like memory lane. I've heard they've been adding more and more cartoons like each month. And I I think the plan is to have the entire vault on HBO Max. And yeah, those have those have aged spectacularly well. And it's interesting in this time where Disney owns everything to remember that uh, Bugs Bunny is much funnier than Mickey Mouse. Yeah, and always has been. Always has been. No, yeah, you don't want to see anything racist. You don't want to see anything homophobic. You don't want to see anything sexist. Definitely not. The thing is, though, it's just like, but when you're actually just watching like the cartoon, and it's, and it even you know, it goes from you know whether it's Bugs or whether it's you know Wiley e. Coyote or anything, you know, something like that. I'm just like, oh my god, it's just like, I just it just it takes you back, and I think that's that's the thing. It just you just you sit and. And you remember a time where, well, kind of like with them, there were no cell phones, there were no, you know, on-demand things and stuff like that. It's like if you were waiting for a certain cartoon to come out that you really enjoyed, like I remember plenty of bugs, Droopy, Tom and Jerry, and it's just like all of a sudden they were playing that. You sat there and you really enjoyed it because you never knew when it was coming back again. You know, what's funny about that is you're remembering a time uh when those cartoons were already 30 years old. So That's that, true too. That just speaks the the timelessness of it. Cause at the age we grew up, they um were those were all made around World War II. They were before we were born. You well know, it, I, I was just gonna say it's just like I've seen like like the like the modern Tom and Jerry's and, and I know that they have to be uh uh sanitized, you might say, uh for for today's audiences and everything. And I and I get that, but it's nothing like the originals where you know. It's, it, look, it's cartoon violence, you know, and uh, it just it just it brings me back to childhood. It's just and it's uh, it's kind of nice. Right. Well, if you'd like to let us know what brought you back to childhood, maybe it was the holidays. There's ways to get in touch with us. I'm at not on my book on Twitter and Instagram. That's the official Caffeinated Comics social networking feed. You can also follow the show at Facebook.com/slash Caffeinated Comics. Howie, where are you online? Nowhere. Okay. Steven. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Instagram at the Brave Butter Pecan, and you can find the show at Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, and Amazon Music. 